Like, I didn't choose any of this. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Before I even went through puberty, I knew I liked the boys. Mm -hmm. Nobody touched me. I wasn't molested. I had a father in the house, you know? So I was checking off these boxes like, well, I just don't know what y'all yeah. talking about. Cause everybody was trying to like- Un Unwinding all the like, uh, what they assign and why you gotta be gay, right. right, or you gotta be, or something happened. Or maybe you watch too many cartoons or, <laughs> oh, she shouldn't have let you watch all that, all those Janet right. Jackson videos. Niggas be gay. They be gay. What's up everybody and welcome to the Queerly Black Show. I'm your host, Ashley, and I'm so happy you came by. The Queerly Black Show aims to normalize the everyday existence of Black, LGBTQIA plus individuals through an interview-style series with regular folks like you and me. So every week, a new guest shares their story and unique perspective on their existence as an LGBTQIA plus individual. Thank you for tuning in, and make sure you subscribe, download, set your reminders to the podcast so you never miss an episode. Enjoy the show. Welcome back to another episode of the Quirly Black Show. I'm your host, Ashley. I'm here with a very special guest, Mr. Kevin Dwayne. Tell the people about yourself. Hey, I am Kevin Dwayne. I am a light worker, dancer, actor, just an all-around energy to be around. I like positivity. And that's the best way I could put it. <laughs> but going back to the beginning, uh, you know, was that always a part of who you were in like a, a part of your personality? Uh, no, 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 no. I have um, a story of, you know, you, you come into this, this life and I, like a lot of people was a people pleaser. So my beginnings was about me just trying to be accepted by other people, if that makes sense. You know, I, I learned to kind of perform for love in that sense. So it was very much like for your parents, you got to get good grades and do what they say. Keep your room clean for friends. You know, you almost have to be in a nebula. Well, I say friends with quotes around it, but for, for acquaintances, you know, you got to be the, the all around good person. And it's like, I used to go out of my way to people please and so i wasn't being my authentic self i was being who other people wanted me to be but that eventually led to depression because i wasn't being my real self and you start getting to a place where you just feel like what did i get from this because you'll learn that you can give all of yourself to someone and they can still leave you high and dry <laughs> and i think i picked up on that fairly quickly and I was like wait a minute I'm not getting anything from this why am I pleasing other people and then that eventually got to a point where I was all like forget it <laughs> I'm gonna be myself and then it then being yourself I don't know if you've noticed this it's almost an act of rebellion like people act like it feels you're like, like one sometimes it yeah, feels like you're just, acting out because, yeah, yeah yeah being your authentic self people it, it angers people it frees some people but it actually angers some people so then it became almost like i was being an activist for myself <laughs> i had to fight to be who i am and it's, it's a very weird thing to think but that's truly i think a part of a lot of people's life's journey or i'll say your soul's journey is to be yourself because it's not easy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not. We're always a version of what people want or what what people think is acceptable. So it didn't begin that way, not at all. It took it took a lot of uh, healing, a lot of um, acceptance of myself, and a lot of validating of myself 
um, to get to this place. But I can tell you, I am very happy that I'm on this end of it because there were times where it could, it would have just been easier to just be like, okay, I'll just be the person who sits behind the scenes and do what everybody wants me to do, say the appropriate things, do the appropriate things. And it's just, but that's boring. Yeah. <laughs> and exhausting. <laughs> exhausting. <laughs> I could definitely relate to that. I mean, just thinking about, you know, uh, going through life and it's almost as if like the the more your own life forms you're like okay I, I gotta I, I my capacity for other things is is lessening like I don't have time for um some of the things I didn't re you know you don't do it consciously because I'm a people pleaser as well um you it, it's kind of it's a habit you form and then you realize how much how draining it is like mm -hmm. when there are times where your what you need to do for self conflicts with what others want for you to do. And, and you have to and obviously pick yourself and picking yourself feels like the act of rebellion. Like, ah, like this pattern I established, I used to be, you know, everything for everybody. And now I'm choosing myself, which is, which is correct, but it feels like I'm like disappointing someone else, you know? So I totally relate to that. And I mean, this, you know, hey. No, I think the best thing I can say is also no one will die from disappointment. Oh, because for sure. No it's, one. Better to, it's better to disappoint somebody else than disappoint yourself. Absolutely. And on top of that, when you, you when you are your authentic self, you find your people. <laughs> you yes. find your tribe. If you're busy being this act or wearing this mask, you're gonna meet other people who want that mask. Mm -hmm. So if you start being yourself and it pushes people away let them go because mm -hmm. you're making room for the people that are supposed to be in your life and that is fact absolutely. not opinion that is fact that's, that's <laughs> proven yes, absolutely because i'm surrounded by people who celebrate who i am and i celebrate yeah. who they are and it's not even like a, i don't have to explain myself i was like wow the universe really came through on this one but it took the courage to just say this is me yeah and you find more people who are being themselves and it's, it's a way more beautiful situation, but you have to kind of walk through the fog or the fear because it's, it's scary. Mm -hmm. I remember being, I remember being growing up in like the Christian, everything, church, school, or whatever, and having those friends and then being on that end in my teenage years, early twenties. And I couldn't have imagined this life over here. It, the fear was that thick. Mm -hmm. It was just a very thick brainwashed fear. Yeah. But looking back, I was like, wow. I mean, it was still a journey and I had definitely had ups and downs, but I'm happy to be on the side, but I had to take that step in the dark. Yeah, 100%. I understand. So we'll dive into your, uh, your, your queer journey. Um, and we'll start at the beginning. Uh, when was your what was your first encounter with your uh, sexuality? You know what? I, I want to say, actually, when I was in the first grade, that's when I, when I knew something was different about me. I was just like, okay, you know, because it's like, I, how do we weren't in first grade? Like seven, six, seven? That's about, yeah, around that age. Something six, like that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. And I remember liking this boy named Marcus, but it was more than just like, I want to be his friend. It was like, I really like this dude. And it was like the weirdest thing for me. And it wasn't sexual. And people love to apply sex to, to us. Have you noticed that? 100%, they apply sex to absolutely. us more than anybody else. And it drives me crazy. It wasn't mm -hmm. sexual. It was just like, a, I had a crush on this boy. And he was actually an extra in Full House. 
And I remember watching. He was. We were in. A, we were in school together. But I remember he was on Full House. I remember watching it and being like, "Oh my god!" It was this whole thing. And I think I said something to someone, and they were just like, "Oh, well, you know, you you can't like boys like that or something." It was something weird, and it wasn't like necessarily in a shameful way, but it was enough to let me know that that's not the way the lay of the land. Because there was also a girl who would chase me like around like on recess and I told my mom and I was like yeah this girl chases me but I don't like it she's like and she says something along the lines like you're supposed to like it when girls chase you and I was like okay and I think about how problematic that is now but she was like you're supposed (laughs) to like it when girls chase you and I was just like "Eh, okay I don't like it (laughs) you know and Mm -hmm. so that was my first that was my first moment of feeling that way and then but I didn't know what it was and then it then we let's skip ahead two years to third grade and it's weird how trauma works but i remember um i used to play double dutch and play with the girls i did all that stuff it was fine it was just that's who i was i think that's just how the energy worked for me that's where i felt the most comfort and i remember standing it was the end of recess and i remember us standing in line to go back into class and i was sitting against like a like a banister and my hands were kind of like this and then this little boy robert because you remember everything, walked up. He had a red polo on. And he was all like, oh, Kevin's gay. My first time hearing the word. I never heard the word. I didn't understand it. And it was all because my hands were folded over like that. And I remember it being this kind of vacuum. I'm in a third grade. Yeah. But I remember <laughs> this moment. I'm just like, I don't know what this means, but I don't like the way he's approaching me. I don't like the aggression. Mm-hmm. And it felt like other people were like, yeah, he's gay. And it just became this whole thing. And I remember that moment. And I remember fast forwarding to getting in the backseat of my mom's car. And I said, somebody called me gay. And she also became enraged. She's like, who called you that? Don't let nobody call you that. And then it became this whole thing. And I was just like, what the fuck does the word mean? Because mm-hmm. I had no idea. Mm-hmm. But it was one of those things where I don't remember how I found out what it meant, but I was able to kind of deduct real quick because of because of how everybody was just losing it. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, that was my that was my first. It's like, okay, of, well, whatever that means, I cannot be that. Exactly, this, everyone's upset about this. But here's the thing: Robert activated that shit because mm-hmm. from that f- day forward, it became a part of people identifying me. Literally, mm-hmm. I had not heard it, and then all of a sudden, every day it felt like at school, gay, 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 mm-hmm. gay, gay. It was like it just, it was literally like somebody just turned on the plan. It was like, all right, mm-hmm. here we go. Playlist, <laughs> go that, play from, every day. From that day forward, then, but then that's when behavior started shifting towards me. Then it became this thing, but then, you know, you grow into it. It's like, whatever. It's like, I, I didn't get bullied in a way that people put their hands on me. And I'm thankful for that because I've heard mm-hmm. some horror stories. I've mm-hmm. heard some horror stories, but name calling you i just got it just became a part of it because i was also a little heavier so i got you know so it was a fat joke the gay joke the fat joke the gay joke and you just kind of grow into it yeah and that was my first like real experience with it yeah so then go so that's you know elementary middle school high school um did you ever did you kind of um deny that and and like proceed did you date women did you kind of how was your kind of it it was very up and down with that my former years were wild um i have one of those um 
I want those. Well, I mean, a lot of us have stories that we try to like make cleaner than what they are. And it, it wasn't, there was a lot of experimenting very early mm -hmm. for me. My first like experience with another guy, I was, I had to be, I think I was in fifth grade. Mm -hmm. I absolutely was in fifth grade and we were, we were like the same age. He was like maybe a year older than me. We were the same age. And that was my first experience with that. And I was like, okay, definitely like boys, you know, <laughs> it was one of those things. But then I went to Christian school. So because of the bullying, and I say that lightly in elementary school, I went to a public school. My mom, she put me in private school because she thought that would be safer. Now this is kind of like, you know, with a lot of, I don't like to generalize, but with a lot of black people we tend to not talk about things but you know what's up mm -hmm. i think because of what was going on with me in the public school she was like okay let me try to get him some more protection mm -hmm. so she put me in a, a christian school which that brought on a whole nother level of spiritual bullying if you mm -hmm. call it, if, if i'm being honest so but that was her like i need to keep him safe yeah so then I'm going to this Christian school. So now you're adding a whole nother level of like, okay, not only is this not all right, but you're probably gonna burn to hell too. So, you know, there's <laughs> that. So I'm I'm in middle school now and I'm grappling with um with liking boys, but also it's like I had a whole nother um life because I'm sexually active now because I said I, I had my first experience with a boy, fifth grade. Mm-hmm. And I'm now sexually active in middle school. Not like you would think because, because I'm in this private school, other people aren't sexually active like I am, but now I have this sexual experience that other people don't have. So now mm -hmm. it becomes like almost like a private thing. So now I'm seeking out porn or something just to kind of feed this now activated thing in me. Mm -hmm. And that was very, very weird. So that caused a very weird cloud for me, plus the the Christian teaching and stuff like that. So I tried to have girlfriends. I tried to like, I tried to force it. And it was like, it was nerve wracking. And I did this through high school. Mm -hmm. I, I, I really tried, cause I went to a Christian high school too. And I, I tried and it was like, every girlfriend I had wanted to have sex with me. <laughs> and I was just like, why can't I find the stereotypical Christian girl who wants to wait till marriage? Because this is, <laughs> This shit is stressful. All right, I'm trying, to find a, I'm trying to find a beard here. I was, okay? I was, I just yeah, need I'll, to stand in. I, I was just, I just, to, I just, doing some, all that I just needed somebody who I could just put, push it off. A decoy, <laughs> like, can I, I would date these girls for like two, three weeks. I want you to take my virginity. Leave me yeah, alone, Kevin. Let's go. <laughs> oh man, and it, it's, it's, it's wild. So I definitely tried. I definitely tried to date girls, and I had two, um, I had two specific run-ins that just scared the hell out of me, and one homecoming and we're at the football game and like all my um all my guy friends are around me and they're all you know we're just hanging out mm -hmm. and then my current girlfriend at the time is like with me and she has her arms around me and then she kind of puts her hands down my pants in front of all of my friends they are hyped they're like oh kevin's the dude i am mortified <laughs> But they're looking at me, yo, yo, Kevin's a dude, da, da, da. And it was just, it was a very weird feeling because of toxic masculinity and all this mm -hmm. bullshit. They're all looking at me. They like uplifted you in this moment. And I'm, but I'm inside, sitting here, like, I'm oh, mortified. God. Like, I want you to take your hand out of my pants right now. <laughs> and it was just mortifying because also nothing's going on down there. I'm not attracted to, you know, and so she's kind of, you can tell she's perplexed. I'm perplexed and it's just a very awkward moment. And that was like, number one, number two, there was another girl I dated 
I end up going over to her place to like study or something. She takes her fucking top off, breast out, and I'm just like frustrating. So at this point, I'm like, I can't do this. So we fast forward to me being 17 and be like, you know what? Nah, senior year, something just something just spiked in me that I was like, I'm going to start coming out to people. And um, I told I told um, I'm sorry if I'm jumping ahead too far. (laughs) I told one of my closest friends at the time, but um, they ended up betraying me and telling their parents. And so this became another dark moment. So that family ended up blackmailing me um because i told you i went to a christian school Mm -hmm. and i mean for what it's worth i went to a white christian school so let's add the get out factor Mm -hmm. to it too Mm -hmm. the taking privileges that you shouldn't take doing things you shouldn't doing and i look back on this and think about how problematic that was for this white family to do this to this black child but whatever Mm -hmm. anyway so they found out and they were going to out me to my parents it was a whole thing And I was like, nah, because I didn't know, like I said, going back to when I was in third grade, I was like, I just had this fear around it. Like a lot of us do as black queers, like, Mm -hmm. uh, nah, it's not going to go how you think it's going to go. So nah, you're not, I I was like, no, I'm crying. I'm pleading. They're like, okay, well you need to fix it. I'm like, I need to fix it. They're all like, okay, well you're, you're not 18 yet. So, so pretty much they put me in reparative therapy. In exchange for not outing me, so I was a pretty smart, smart kid in high school. So I had two free periods because all my credits were done in senior year. So I lied to my parents and told them that I was doing something for student council or something. But instead, I was being, I was being transported from my high school to a church to talk to this pastor about praying the gay away and all that shit. And I did that shit for a year. I, do, I mean, uh, the last year of high school. Um, yeah. So that That's happened. Wild. <laughs> it's wild. It's wild, That's right? It's wild. It's wild. And no one saw anything wrong with what they did. That's what's so funny. Because I've, yeah. I've confronted and cussed out all these people in my yeah. in my grown age. Oh, yeah. But no one sees anything wrong with what they did. Even still. Even still. <laughs> they were doing the Lord's work. Okay, girl. So <laughs> I did that. And then, it, it, then when I... And then it, Fast forward, I kind of have my own back and forth. Once I turned 18, it was like, forget all y'all. I'm doing what mm-hmm. I want. But I, but now the brainwashing had kind of took, because now I've had years of this. Yeah. So now it's a mental thing for me, because now I'm trying to figure out my belief system. Mm-hmm. And then at 19 is when something just happened. Something happened with one of my like family members. Um, you know, a little boy's they play discovery and he, you know, he was doing the discovery game with another one of my cousins, like, Oh, I have a penis. You have a penis. And then he got beat for it. And it enraged me. It pissed me off. And I just went off. And in that I ended up coming out. It was like the, it was, it was like here and I ended up coming out to my mom, but it was subtle because we talked about it for so long because she was upset that it happened to the little boy. She's like, that's stupid. You know, boy's going to do that, you know, Mm -hmm. but then the conversation just kind of led that way. And then um, I came out to her and uh, of course it was a thing about, she knew, she was like, no, she was like, a parent called me when you're in middle school. And she's like, I tried my best to block it. And she did. My, my mom tried to raise me like how a lot of people try to raise girls. 
like and it's funny because i knew something switched because i went from being able to have more freedom and spend a night certain places to not being able to go anywhere so i knew something was up and she was like no i she was like i just that was she was trying to block it yeah but i ended up coming out to her when i was 19 and then i told her about everything that happened before of course she was upset she's like i wish she would have just came out to me she's like i know that you know it was scary but i wish she would because she's like i hate that somebody else took that into their own hands you know um and then once i came out to her it was like fuck everybody game on let's go at once my mom knew i i did not care care. family members i literally was like i don't care (laughs) what however you feel about it and i was thankful because there were so many instances where people were trying to get me married off they were trying to get me into that cycle of like being with women and pretending and whatever and and i can't say that it was just all easy after i came to my mom because i definitely have like i said i still had the brainwashing i still had the mental thing so i had a couple more ups and downs on my own Mm -hmm. since then but once she knew it just gave me more of a freedom to be myself and not have to hide and then yeah and that was the end of me trying to date girls (laughs) <laughs> yeah. like we're done with that but we what, are are absolutely th- done. what are your thoughts on like when uh parents because a lot of people's stories like they have where their parents like knew mm-hmm. like parents know their kids yeah how much easier would it be <laughs> if parents were just like listen honey like if, if sexuality was like a part of a normal conversation, like how mm-hmm. parents uh, sit their kids down to talk about sex mm-hmm. or they sit them down to talk about strangers or they sit them down to talk about whatever. Right. And, and we're not talking about when you're five or six. We're talking about when you're in high school, like yeah. when you're pretty much like if you're you pretty sure about me, what you're going, you know? Yeah. If you see me kind of moving down a certain path, like, and you're and you we're you know as the as the queer kids like we're completely mortified like we're like mm-hmm. oh my god like when i tell my mom and they be like oh i mean i kind of had a, my mom was the I, well i kind of had an idea and you're mm-hmm. like well why the pressure can we share the, the idea with me right <laughs> like can we talk oh about why it? oh why the smoke because yeah. one, thing, one thing that kind of cracks me up about okay let me answer your question first would it be easier absolutely But I think too many parents, and I get it because we come from them. You come from your parents, so Mm -hmm. you can't not take it personally. But too many parents are in their egos about their kids. And so if you see something, if you see sexuality or anything other than being hetero as wrong, they take that as they did something wrong. Yeah. Especially older generations. Yeah, they they just I did something wrong, so they deny it because they don't want to they don't want to go through the process of being like, no, I I fed them, I did this, I took them, I mm-hmm. did that, but I'm like, niggas be gay. Yeah, right. <laughs> that's, that's, <laughs> yeah. that's just how it goes. Yeah, yeah. But, but certain generations, it's one of those things. Like I see it, but I'm gonna deny it because I don't want to deal with uh, we personalize everything. It's hard yeah. for us to separate and say that's your journey. This is my journey especially yeah. for parents because they feel like they did something wrong or the kind con- and the connotation around it is so negative it's like yeah you are not normal blah 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 right. whatever their you know whatever their preconceived notions are but it's just like and and to be fair with with my mom she lost her brother to aids in like 1990 so the only real experience they had was that was her losing her brother 
to AIDS. And that was, yes. you know, so she had no knowledge about it. And so fun, and, it, and it was, it was ignorance. And I don't say ignorance, ignorance is not necessarily a negative thing. It's just lack of knowledge. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So after I came out to her, it was amazing. The conversations we would have, and she'd be like, you could see the light bulb coming on for her. Like the fact that I had straight friends, she's like, you got straight friends. I'm like, yeah. She's like, they not gas said No. She's like, and they still friends with you. I was like, yeah. And it was just like, like mm -hmm. her mom, but she just didn't know because yeah. when you when you when you fear something like that's how you, that's a, when you don't understand something you fear it mm -hmm. but then i started kind of you started seeing the light bulb come on for her yeah. and I, I remember going through a heartbreak with her somebody really had broken my heart i mean that happens a lot in the community in general i went through a lot of heartbreaks but that's a whole other story but i remember coming home and i was so upset like i was <laughs> distraught and she said something like wow like so you like you fell in love and i was like i did she was just like she, i just always thought it was just a sex thing because once again it's mm -hmm. ignorance mm -hmm. and not in, a, not in a negative way but it's because of how society That's just the views yeah right yeah. and i'm High like yeah, promiscuity no. like right. it's all about sex it's all about all those things and then i think yeah i've had i had a similar um experience with an aunt of mine who's mm -hmm. like i think she's in her 50s now and uh, we were we were we were Christmas shopping and um, we're sitting at the mall. I remember like we had stopped at like the little McDonald's and the Walmart. And we're sitting there just you know talking or whatever. And she was like, "You're so normal." <laughs> You're like, okay. I'm like, what? Like, what does that mean? But again, right, coming from her age, she'd only seen like prostitutes or mm -hmm. like drag or. Yeah extreme versions of queerness and not just people who function like i go to work i go to college i go to school Listen, I wear Sally May, I, you know what advantage or whatever they don't called. care what my sexuality is <laughs> they just want their money right mm -hmm. um you know you you go on you buy a house you have a regular relationship you have you know normal things i, I drive a regular car it's not you know yeah. pink and rainbow and like all these crazy <laughs> things um or aids and you know all of this kind of um very extreme nuances that are you know usually associated with uh being gay and yeah. um she said it and i was just kind of like Oh, I, okay, you know, right. <laughs> there but we even go. More, right, but even more though, especially the older I get and the more I connect to spirit, it's just like, we gotta move away from this idea that there's even something called normal. Mm -hmm. We all have unique paths to go on. That's why we don't like the same foods. That's why we have different allergies. That's why we have different tastes. That's why we are sexuality is not something you can even normalize like this is why you have bisexual pansexual mm -hmm. all these and it's like we have to get to a place where we have to stop putting people in boxes everyone's so obsessed with putting people in boxes instead of just letting them have their unique path yeah. because when you do that then you're looking for normal none of us are normal we all have things that are different from the next person that's the beauty of okay. living because mm -hmm. we're all individuals like i said yeah. you're unique like everybody else we're actually we have similarities yes but when you when you try to and i mean this goes back to eugenics and colonization but these boxes have to go away we all have differences and so when you're looking for someone to be a certain archetype of homosexuality or whatever you're you're missing the point yeah you're not like other gays okay cool i shouldn't be
Right. Because I'm the, myself. I'm myself. And let mm -hmm. me be myself. So my sexuality is going to be what it is. My interests are going to be what they are. Like, like I'm not a fashion guy. And people, you know, you meet some people like, oh, let's go shopping. I, that's the last thing I want to do. I don't want to, let's stop. Let's get away from this. Yeah. Let's move away from this idea that we can box people in. And like those generations, is especially, and I get it. Mm -hmm. um, I empathize even with, even with, the, I empathize with even with the oppressors it's, it's a very weird thing but yeah, that, that most but of those, us do right but those mm -hmm. generations you got to realize what they went through yep i couldn't imagine losing my brother to aids luckily i'm 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 grateful that i grew up in the prep generation i was like wow who would have thought right <laughs> a preventative who would have thought you know what i mean and so that's what i'm saying i can't Magic imagine Johnson what it's like <laughs> exactly seriously seriously yeah and so i couldn't imagine what it was like being in that time where literally everything on television was telling you that aids was a gay disease like so you're literally being just how COVID was like oh my god COVID, COVID. can you imagine it aids 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 and so naturally that sticks with you and now yeah. you're having kids in fact we a lot of us were already born yeah and so you're naturally going to move into yeah. it yeah so you're like put you know put you, put, you push away from it so i get it but it was still difficult being the queer kid and being like, I didn't choose any of this. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Before mm -hmm. I even went through puberty, I knew I liked the boys. Mm -hmm. Nobody touched me. I wasn't molested. I had a father in the house, you know? So I was checking off these boxes like, well, I just don't know what y'all yeah. talking about. Cause everybody was trying to like- Un Unwinding all the like, uh, what they assign and why you gotta be right like, or you gotta be or something happened or maybe you watch too many cartoons or yeah. oh she shouldn't let you watch all that all those janet right. jackson videos niggas be gay they be gay people have to try to put a label or put an understanding around something that they just can't figure out or like it's it's too out of my wheelhouse i gotta mm. I got to be able to peg everything, you know, we yeah. got to be able to try to relate it to something else. Right. And so yeah. that's where the boxes come from. But, you know, it's weird because I've even um, explored the conversation of all the labels we have in the queer community. Right. Mm -hmm. So like we have, we've created our own level of language, right. That for us trying to explain it to people who are um, hetero, it even becomes challenging to explain because now they're like, okay, so before it was just gay and straight. Mm -hmm. It's like, I understand that. Like, that's clear to me. Now there's the nuance of, okay, I'm gay, but I don't like them. Mm -hmm. Or I'm, um, you know, and so then it's like, okay, so what's that mean? And, and then you start to develop, then the language starts to develop. It's like, well, I, I, I also like boys. I also like mm -hmm. girls. So what, so then you're not gay, you're bisexual, right? So it's like, oh, I actually don't like, you know, yeah. uh, this, but I also like, so then that's when this language starts to develop. But again, it's just trying to, everyone trying to find their space. So I have a whole, like, there's a whole other conversation I want to have around that because I think in trying to find community, right. Mm -hmm. We are almost forced to subscribe to um, societal norms because yeah we always had to pick a box. You always had to, okay, are you yeah. white, black, Asian? What are you? Okay. And then that carried over to, okay, now what's your pronouns? Okay, wait, you're, you're a girl, but wait, you don't, you're, you're something else. And that's all to me based in society. Like that's mm -hmm. all, 
you know, society norms that we are forcing ourselves, we have to force ourselves into to make people understand this. Absolutely. But you know what's so funny is, um, I think it's beautiful that things are getting more and more quote unquote confusing for people because what's happening is we're being forced to let go. We're being forced to not have all the answers. I always say the creator is creating. That's the point. We are meant to evolve. We are meant to change. Just when you get comfortable, bam, new, new construct, bam, new way of living, bam. Have you noticed that? No way, 100%. That's 100%. the point. The point is that it's evolution. It's literally evolution and action. It doesn't stop. Mm -hmm. That's the point. Mm -hmm. You're going to get new ways of, of being. You're going to get new, like the whole thing around gender. We're breaking that because gender is a construct. It's not real. Yep. It's not real. Yep. All yep. this stuff we apply to it. Oh yeah, I wear blue. Girl, stop. Mm -hmm. it's but it's, it's as... amazing. Like the, it's amazing how that that type of stuff comes out. Like mm -hmm. it's amazing how we arrive at a place where people are like, you know what, this is just too much, and then decide to just do away with the whole thing. Just live. We're like we've been telling you to do, get away, get away from that this whole time. Just live. It's telling you to stop worrying about what's between such and such legs for twenty years, but you just mm -hmm. gotta understand it. Okay, well here you go. Yeah, we're, and then we're you're like, oh, this is too much. Okay, you're being forced to do it. And but okay. here's the thing, though, it's but it's with everybody though. If uh -huh. you notice, yeah. every community has somebody below them that they don't understand. Because what we have bad in the gay community is with our trans brothers and sisters mm -hmm. or our trans family. I won't even apply gender to it. But sometimes we have blind spots with that. And that drives 100%. me crazy. I'm like, how the hell you minority is trying to stump down somebody else. Yep. Everybody's being pushed to grow. Mm -hmm. And you grow by letting people show up the way they want to show up and respecting them for showing up the way they want to show up and not mm -hmm. how you want them to show up. Because ego wants people to behave the way that we want them to but if you but love and acceptance just says that's you mm -hmm. that's your unique path yep. yep and we're being forced to do that because every time you get comfortable something come. new come around you be like it, I, I don't get you it try to get comfortable here come COVID. <laughs> there's your journey listen COVID. you know as, as dark as it was it really advanced a lot of things oh 100 percent. because everything that had to do with self Mm -hmm. was brought to the surface because when you're isolated and you're mm -hmm. sitting with yourself which most people are were afraid to do most yep. people were uh petrified to do or didn't know that was even necessary you know back to just just back to just ignorance right you didn't know that you had microaggression towards a certain class. You didn't know that you uh still subscribe to norms of of the past. You didn't know that Hell, you never knew that, you know, people struggled as much as they did. You know, yeah. I, I think one of the greatest things and, um, you know, we can we can we can talk about it. But like, you know, the rise of mental health and awareness mm -hmm. became like one of the biggest things that came out of COVID. Just the mm -hmm. and, and unfortunately, uh, you know, the level of suicide and the level of just you know, violence um, also increased because of just what people started to wrestle with. But, um, you know, people being aware and honest about like, you know, I'm not okay every day. You know, mm. I, I struggle. I, I go through things. I, you know, experience these feelings. Some of it was brought on by COVID, but some of it lived within before that. And you just yeah. had to face it because you weren't distracted by a whole bunch of other stuff. 
um, for you, um, as we kind of get approach the end here, uh, as you've, uh, journeyed through, like, you know, all of the things that you kind of, um, experienced in your youth and now, um, as an adult, you know, motivating, you know, people, and I'm sure motivating, motivating and uplifting your own self. Um, how do you feel about, um, your journey now and what were some of the things that you had to personally do to kind of um be okay in standing in your truth today oh i like that um i had to learn how to truly love myself and i mean truly not in a vain way not in a way because there were times where i had fake love for myself it was it was conditional love for myself. Isn't that crazy? I had conditional love for myself. 100%. If I was a certain body type, okay, I can love myself right now. Okay, if, if my if I got a haircut, I can love myself right now. But then I got to a place where I think after enough heartbreak, after enough trying to be um, someone I wasn't to get acceptance, and it came from heartbreak. Isn't that crazy? Heartbreak shook me enough to where I started meditating and started going within, like we talked about and really digging and healing things from my past and healing all the things that made me go sort towards certain toxic situations. And um, I got to a place of self-acceptance, like unconditional self-acceptance. It was no longer about how I looked or, or whatever. It was about what was in my soul. Real talk. I started, I, I really got to the part where I'm like, this is really the matrix. This is really, all this outward stuff has mm -hmm. is, is is all outward stuff i can't let it get to my inner and when, when i started going within and i really started truly when i when i really started accepting myself all of a sudden i just stopped caring about a lot of things meaning what people thought of me opinions um how i looked i stopped taking myself so seriously which allows Major me to show thing. up mm -hmm in goofy ways and have a good time. And that's why the energy comes through in my videos and stuff like that, because I'm literally being myself. I'm not following trends. I'm not, I'm literally just, I like the song. Let me dance to the song. Let me tell this joke. This is on my heart. Let me say it. And what happens is when you start loving and accepting yourself, it just happens on greater levels. It, it, it It's like you built you, it levels up. It's like you do it more and more and more and more. And so when you show up, it's just, it's different. It just gives you a certain confidence and it gives you a certain courage. Fear pushes away. But on top of that, you start manifesting greater things in your life. 100%. When I started loving myself completely, I started drawing. It was almost like I could say it and it would happen. It was like the universe was like, okay, you got it now. It's, 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 it's called an awakening, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think a lot of us we all have different goals depending on what you know what part of life you're in but I think uh, uh one that's high on the list for everybody is self-acceptance. Yeah. Because you're literally born into a world who's tell that's telling you what to be. And so we go into the world getting these jobs, going to these schools, buying these houses, getting into debt, being who everybody else tells us who we should be. Yep. And the true goal is having the courage to say, nah, this is what I want to be. And I'm going to be it in spite 
of all that may happen. I may lose family, I may lose friends, but whatever, I still have me. And I think that's a real, that's a goal that a lot of us have because it takes courage to do that. But when you get there, you see how things start aligning. And I yeah. think, and, and it, it's just getting there. That is incredible. <laughs> <laughs> that was amazing. Thanks. Everybody should be in search of that awakening because it is truly just a great place to be when you're at this when you're the priority you know um it's not selfish it's it's, not it's, it's, it's self-love necessary <laughs> it's, necessary. <laughs> it's necessary. necessary um awesome man i got two more questions uh one is i could do this all day but yes two more yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah um if you had a theme song for your life what would it be oh damn that's that's really good i would say it would have to be optimistic by sounds of blackness i just keep your head to the sky and be believe it like your life we have so much control over our lives i some people look at it as being delusional or being or people people i'm a realist no what you say happens so if yeah. you look if you look for negative guess what you're getting but Man. if you look for positive, guess what you're getting? So I'm okay with being delusional. I'm okay with being what they call it, toxic positivity. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm, I'm hey, okay with it because I'm listen, okay <laughs> life is good. Yes. Not in a bragging way, but in a way that I took control of it. When you look for abundance, you get it. And that's just that's just it. Be optimistic. Yeah. That's a what good do you one. have to lose? People are so afraid of being disappointed. But they don't realize you're not believing that you can have better. When you believe you can have better, you, you get better. But you gotta yeah. truly believe that. Yeah. And you know, just to add to that, I think the 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 consideration that people have to make for people who are, you know, anti-optimist. I'm 100 mm -hmm. optimist. The thing you have to consider is that we don't. Den we don't deny that negative exists <clears throat> we right. just choose to see the glass half full mm -hmm. we know we see that there's not water at the top but we just are focused on the fact that we have water in the cup period right yeah. we are just not going to dwell on the parts that we can't control mm -hmm. we're happy for the water that's there yes <laughs> what is me being upset about the water that's oh. not there gonna help it's not exactly it's detachment it's detachment that i thank you it's not that we're ignoring the negative it's just that we're not allowing the negative to affect us internally when you bitch and moan and complain about things you can't control you're literally causing undue stress to yourself mm -hmm. instead of just saying so what and missing the moment to appreciate what is there absolutely that's you know it. and, and you that's complain true. while you're drinking water and right. you miss the fact that you actually just drank water and that there's millions of people in other countries who have no clean water who have no clean water <laughs> and and and, just, and on top of that you have the opportunity to drink so i i am very uh -huh. spiritual mm -hmm. i am very um i believe in the spiritual realm and the in this realm 3d and 5d right so one of the greatest things that made me wake up was was an idea i read this book called the old souls uh guidebook amazing ainsley mccloy but he talks about in the spiritual realm you can be with other spirits but you can't hug you can't kiss you can't have orgasms you can't feel pain you can't do any of that that's why in this existence it matters you feel pain so you can feel pleasure you're getting all of these different experiences because once you leave this body 
you're in the spiritual realm and you're gonna have experience with other spirits but you can't embrace you can talk you can c communicate but in this plane is where you get to experience those things so in a way be grateful that you're here to experience those things so when yeah. bad things happen so be it it's still an experience on this side yeah when you get when you're around when you feel love it's experience on this side because yeah. you have the being so this is this is like it's like assimilation and we get to i'm grateful to be on this side of assimilation mm -hmm. where i can meet another spirit and give them a hug and have a laugh with them and enjoy them i can experience all of this because once i leave this existence i go into a place where you're still around spirits but you can't have the same kind of yeah sensory is, yeah there's no sensory and if you look at it that way you'll be grateful for a lot more yeah because this is another day i get to experience this Yep. That's awesome. That's good. What is one piece of advice that you would have for someone going through their own uh, journey of queerness? Um, and, you know, something that you would share that that has helped you or that you would tell yourself? Ooh, uh, that's tough because I know that everyone's journey is different. And I know that people are in different uh, situations. Like, so sometimes safety does come into play because I could say, be your authentic self, but there's some parts of the world where you can't and it's not safe. But what I will say is be kind to yourself. Don't allow what's around you affect how you feel about yourself. And then when you get to a place of truly accepting who you are, get somewhere save up do whatever you have to do to get somewhere where you can be who you are freely and find your people yeah that's good that's good yeah awesome man well thank you so much for your time um you know it's it's always good to get another perspective and i think your your journey is very a very uh there are people who are experiencing the same thing that you you know experienced growing up and um coming through and so I, I really hope that uh you know people are able to to derive something from it and it's able to help somebody so thank you for that um tell the people where they can find you absolutely and thank you for having me on the show this was great sure. <laughs> um you like you can, yeah it was always amazing great conversation but you guys can find me um on all social media platforms the world of kevin i'm so grateful for consistent branding yes. <laughs> so the world of kevin um my website is kevinduane.com and um my podcast the kevin duane podcast is coming back soon i'm just working on how awesome. i want that to look um so it is making a return so look out for that awesome all right y'all it's another episode of the queerly black show i'm your host ashley i'll catch y'all on the next one